My name's Bobby Walker with Journey of a New Entrepreneur, and I've got one message for you. Don't be a bitch! What is going on, everybody? It's Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast, reminding you... Don't be a bitch! Don't be a bitch. It's the no bitch zone. We welcome you to it. And it is brought to you by Responsibid. And I'm honestly, I'm not even sure if Kurt is cool with the fact that I said the no bitch zone is brought to you by Responsibid. But here we are. So Kurt, call me. Let me know what you think of that one. But Responsibid is the ultimate selling tool for home service businesses. It does it all. It does things like be a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365 and a quarter-day-a-year sales rep that just lives on your website. It's like a kind of like an office admin that just follows up with every lead that you've ever had, every quote that you've ever given, and then stays in touch with those customers after the fact to make sure they keep coming back to you. It's also like a coordinator that knows how to schedule better than like any employee you have. It uses intelligence and how fast your crews work and not just all your crews, but like each specific one and then driving time and not just how fast they are in general, but how fast each crew is per service type. And it makes it easy to schedule. I just hired a new admin. Her first day was yesterday, which was a Friday. And guess what? Just like that, I was able to train her not just on how to handle inbound calls, but also schedule appointments where it always works out on the calendar because of crew cow built into responsibility. So it's super awesome. You need to check it out. I'm probably going to stop talking about it because I'm still out of breath because I just did some push-ups trying to get in shape and I'm just tired and out of breath right now, but that's responsibility. And you can go to jnebid.com to check it out. If you go to that link, what you will get that no one else can get First is an exclusive free month of service. All right. You can't get that anywhere else. Also, you get an exclusive rate, monthly rate that no one else can get. And then everyone that signs up for a response to bid gets this. But this is probably the best part about it is it's a 10 to 1 ROI guarantee. That's right. 10 to 1. That means that if you pay for response to bid and you don't get 10 times the return of what you paid for it, you don't pay for responsibility. That's how confident they are with their service. They're more confident with theirs than I am with mine because I'm not going to offer some some sort of guarantee, but they do. So go to jnebid.com. That's J-N-E, like journey of a new entrepreneur. B-I-D, like responsibid.com. All right. So this is a cool episode today because I have no clue who the heck is on the show with me here, but that was kind of deliberate. So I've got Nate, for, is it Ferrier? For, Farrier. Farrier. I, I asked Everybody, you. Everybody's I familiar up. with like carrier uh, heating and cooling. Okay, so, so Farrier. All right, so I got Nate Farrier. I mess, sorry, I jacked that one up. And the, the reason Nate's here is, and I don't even know how or why, but he had a conversation with a good friend of mine, Michael Dalkey, the other day, and Michael reached out and said, hey, man, this guy would probably be a good guest on your podcast. And I'm like, well, if Mike Dalkey says he could be a good guest from a podcast, by God, he's going to be on my podcast. So <laughs> I sent Nate a message and I'm like, hey, dude, you want to do this thing? And he's like, hell yeah, let's do it. And so here we are. So we're both on a Saturday. Well, we're going to call it afternoon, even though it's technically not since we got both got beers cracked open. But you know what they say? Drinking before noon doesn't make you a drunk. It just makes you a pirate. So, arr, all right. So um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
Nate, welcome to the show, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. So why don't we just start off like this? How about you just get, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to drink my beer, and you just tell me and the listeners who Nate Ferrier is. All right. Well, I, I am excited to be here. I'm, I'm kind of humbled that uh, Mike would suggest to you that, you know, I'm a good fit and I hope I can give uh, your listeners value. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm the simplest guy you'll ever meet. I, I'll tell you that for sure. Um, I started a power washing company back in 2009 okay. um, and we did everything, houses, decks, concrete, uh, fleet trucks. Um, you know, I used to tell people, I'll wash a dog if it'll sit still and somebody will write a check. I really don't care. Um, <laughs> but after the first year, you know, we, we had to look at our books and look at our numbers. You know, I'm up probably the opposite end of the world as you. I'm actually in northern Michigan. So, oh, wow. You're down in Florida. You know, I've got six months. Are you like in the, the upper peninsula? Not that far, but oh. we service to our service area goes to the Mackinac Bridge. That So the northern part of the lower peninsula. Wow. Um, but we did everything. And then, uh, you know, quickly we realized that we didn't wash any houses or roofs or uh, anything in January. And so if we're going to make a full-time business out of it, we're going to uh, focus on trucks. So we're a, a fleet washing company. Wow. Um, so fast forward over the years, we've, we've eliminated all the other services. We don't touch residential. I have no idea how to wa soft wash a house. Um, in fact, I pay another company to wash my own house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually we when the time comes i'm probably going to do the same because i think it would be cheaper for me to pay another company than it would be to take my guys and have them come to my own place well that you know and you might learn something about the process and mm -hmm. you know the customer experience from another company something they're doing right or something they're doing wrong and you know you can apply that to, you know that knowledge to your business exactly so, <laughs> um so fast forward to today you know we set a record here a couple weeks ago we washed 1108 trucks in a week wow um, and that's Fleets, trucks are, you know, they're 98% of what we do. You know, every once in a while, we'll get into a commercial project for some of those transportation customers. And and that's us. That's where we're at. And you would just wash trucks. If it doesn't have wheels, we don't want to know about it. And uh, we just go from there. So, and I know that was a record, but nonetheless, 1,108 trucks in a week. Pretty sure you probably don't charge a dollar per truck. So it sounds like <laughs> you've got a, a pretty decent sized operation going here. Yeah, yeah, we've got a, a staff of about 10 and, uh, you know, we run f three trucks through the week, three route trucks through the week and then five on the weekends. So, um, you know, that's the catch to fleet work is that it's nights and weekends. So um, you were kind of surprised I was here at the shop today, but I'm always here at the shop. It's Saturday. <laughs> it's game day for us. So, well, for someone like myself that knows just a little bit or also for people that have no idea, explain just a little bit about the fleet washing thing. It's really simple. So it's, it's recurring revenue. Um, you know, so I, I go to a customer, say it's FedEx or waste management uh, or any national brand or local brand, whatever. And it costs them a lot more to take a truck to take their driver, drive to the truck, wash, get it washed, wait in line and come back. So I go in and I go to FedEx and I wash 50 trucks at a shop. Uh, and I do it all after business hours. They've got one security person or one manager that's mm -hmm. there and around and we just take care of it for them. So um, the only thing they've got to worry about is uh, having a dirty truck. So if someone asked you what you did for a living, you would not be lying if you said, ah, mobile car wash. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you you could say if yeah. you wanted to, if you wanted to play it down, you know, you could be like, ah, yeah, we, you know, I, we wash trucks every now and then, something like that. Yeah. I've got a good friend <laughs> that calls it himself a mobile hydration, chemical hydration engineer for the transportation industry. Okay. <laughs> I like that. 
I like yeah. it. Well, it's funny. I used to try to, you know, which my business is pretty young. You know, I'm in, I'm in year number four right now. But, uh, you know, early on, you know, you always want to try to look bigger than you are, you know. <laughs> and so someone's like, what do you do? Well, you know, I got to start up business that, blah, you know, and we're trying to infiltrate the home in service industry in the market and blah, blah. And now when people are like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, yeah, I clean windows. You know, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I, or my, actually, I usually don't say clean windows. I say, I spray water on stuff. That's what I tell people. I spray water on stuff. And I, I just tell people I'm a contractor. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> they understand that. Then they think you're building houses, but. Yeah. Yeah. So at least they understand it. It's not a half an hour explanation. So you've been do, doing the business for basically 11 years now, you know, yeah. looks like about 11 years. Um, you are very, very focused. You know, you, you've probably read the book, the pumpkin plan. Cause you're very, very focused. If you haven't, you're doing what, what Michalowicz teaches there, you know, find your niche and, and go real deep on that. Um, why did you get into business in the first place? You know, I had a good job at a, actually at a lawn care company. I was a manager and it, I was at the top of the ladder. Um, I was offered the general manager position and without even thinking the second I was offered the spot, I was like, wait, if I'm the top guy, I can't go higher than that. Mm -hmm. And so I actually talked the owner into keeping the general manager, not giving me the promotion. And once he settled on that, I said, I got to find something else, so, <laughs> uh, you know, because I, I was just, I knew I was at the end of my opportunity. Mm -hmm. So you literally were just like, eh, I'm, you know, just work things. All right. I'm, I'm just going to start my own thing. Yeah. And you know, I watched, my dad worked at a, a company that had some trucks in when I was in high school. And so I'd washed their trucks before, um, you know, for beer money, you know, really. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that had to go away and I had to get a real job, but, uh, it was the only thing I'd ever done at that point other than, uh, the lawn care job. And so I knew I wanted to start a business. I didn't know what I knew. I hated power washing trucks the first time. Uh, there's no way. So it was supposed to be a temporary thing. Like when I started, when I launched, it was like, all right, this is a one year stepping stone until I can figure things out. Um, and I don't even think within the first month, I, it was no longer a stepping stone. I just, I, I, I found a passion for it and I started enjoying it. And, um, you know, and it's not so much the spraying water that you enjoy. I mean, I'm sure it's not the, the washing of the windows that you enjoy, but it's the business strategy yeah. and, and growing it and putting the pieces together and the project management of the big, cool projects. And I think and we're, that's, you're, you're describing me in a nutshell. I'm the same way. It's like, I'm not passionate at all about pressure washing or window cleaning. Now I am in the sense that that's a part of the business that we're building, but I have no identity with that. But what I do enjoy is what you're talking about, the cre creating something. Probably if we wanted to simplify, it, it would just be like building something or creating something. That's the part for me that's really fun. And it just happens to be pressure washing in this instance, or for you happens to be um, uh, fleet washing. So that's yeah. cool. And so you said, and another thing you said that really resonated is, with me is uh you said that uh it was about at first you're like ah this is something i'll do short term and you, it was about a month and you were like oh my god i got something here is that yeah like the whole time i was planning it it was like all right this is what i'm going to do for this summer and to get through 2009 and then mm -hmm. we'll figure in 2009 was a you know a recession yeah. if you remember that um so it was just supposed to be a temporary thing and by the time I actually launched, you know, I'd gone to score and, and seen like score advisors, like through the chamber of commerce, like, man, I think this is a great idea. Like we don't have any, any companies that do this. Like you should do this. this is, 
by the time I actually launched, I was all in at that, you know? Yeah. And I mean, even the first year, I mean, we lost, I covered my expenses. I didn't, I was a really good employee. I had an employee mindset at the mm-hmm. time. So we made $14,000 in gross revenue that mm-hmm. first entire year. And I was like, man, I made $14,000. Well, I probably spent 15 that first year. Thank yeah. God I have a, an amazing wife who had a good job and, and support <laughs> the family there. And it was just her and I at the time we didn't have kids. So, um, but we lost all, you know, we didn't do anything or make anything that first year. And I was like, that was cool. Let's take it for another spin and keep going. So nice. Nice. And I couldn't imagine doing anything different today. Like I, Same I here. Really yeah. I, I'm, I, I was so, you know, there for a while when I was enjoying my corporate career, I thought this is my life. I'm going to just continue to try to impress the bosses and climb the ladder and eventually I'll be the big dog and that'll be great. And, um, now, you know, again, just three and a half years later, uh, you know, I mean, three and a half years is no time. You know, it was just yesterday that we started this thing. And now I'm like, holy shit, I'll, I'm never going to work for someone again. And I, when I say never, I mean, I would do whatever I had to, to take care of my family, but I don't think I, I don't think I'd ever have to work for someone else again, you know, to take care of my family, you know, but, um, well, but as far as satisfaction, this is where it's at, man. Yeah. And I'd be a really bad employee if I were to go back to a job today. (laughs) Exactly. You're just so used to, well, you make the rules. Yeah. You make the rules, you do it your way. And yeah, 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 I like it. So what, um, tell me a little bit about, you know, the plan. So you've got this, you know, pretty good size fleet washing (laughs) company. You're, you know, you've been doing it for, for quite a while, in my opinion, by my standards you have. What, uh, what do you see, you know, the future looking like for you? Are you just going to keep going just with this thing? Do you have some bigger plans, expansions, new services? You know, what do you think? Yeah, oh, we're all in on what we're doing, um, you know, and there's sideline stuff. Uh, every year we talk about uh, adding soft washing or, or residential, but we're not going to do that. Like mm-hmm. every year it's the same thing. Like it, it's a different rhythm. It's a different technician. It's a different yep. business model. Um so we're right now we're in the process. We were supposed to do it this year, but obviously Corona happened. Uh, we're putting a second location um, in, in another market. Nice. It's close enough. We're already doing work there, but we're spending a ridiculous amount of money traveling yeah. to that market. So we're going to do a second shop next year. And if that works out, we've got a third one already lined up um, for a third location. And they'll just be silent. Like my whole office and office staff and management will still be here, but it'll just be a place for guys to check in and, and expand. Kind of where there. the trucks will set and the guys can go in and out and yeah. So like yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then we've talked about for a long time is adding a, a like a retail truck wash bay. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of calls for it. There's nothing like that around here. Um, but finding the right real estate, I mean, that's very real estate dependent. So, mm-hmm. um, that's been the, it's on our mind, but it's, not so on our mind that we want to spend, you know, $2 million to buy an acre of land. So, so let's, let's kind of go back, you know, from Oh nine till today. What, um, what's this journey been like for you? I mean, I'm assuming, uh, that basically you started the company, you got rich immediately and it's just been sunshine and rainbows the whole time. Is that, Oh, I made a billion dollars and I only come in one day a week, you know, and that just makes sure things go right. Uh, yeah, it's, when you start a business, everybody tells you, oh man, like, are you sure it's going to be really tough? Yeah. And you're like, ah, you know, I'm a tough guy. I can handle it, you know? And then, you know, you have that week that, you know, we lost $20,000 in a single week, you know, (laughs) between trucks breaking down and customers canceling. Um, 
and everything else, you know, and like everybody looks at like Facebook and, you know, that's the highlight reel, the, highlight reel. Yep. the real reel. Um, you don't see that like in 2016, we had three trucks totaled. You don't see that we had a truck catch fire in our shop and burn down our shop. Our entire warehouse was an old 16 foot box truck out back. Hmm. Uh, and that was our entire business was in a box truck. Yeah. You, know? you don't see that kind of, you don't see the employees that quit. Like, and especially for us, you know, Saturday's our biggest day. You don't see the employees that quit, you know, without telling you mm-hmm. on Saturday morning and okay, now you're four guys short or oh, yeah. the case may be, you know? So yeah, it's, but you know, it's, you never lose. So if, if you go in it into it with the mindset that I cannot lose, mm-hmm. so even when you have a fail, when you win, obviously you win. But if you lose, it's a learning experience. Yes. It never feels like a loss. It never feels like a total failure. You know, I, I, I do. I think, I think we're like spirit animals, man. I'm, I feel like I'm just talking to myself here. Um, so I just hired a new admin. Uh, she just started yesterday. And uh, by the way, she's pretty awesome. I, I, I think I'm pretty good at hiring people. But um, we'll, time will tell. Time will tell. I think she's good. So, Jessica, if you hear this, don't prove me right don't prove me wrong um the uh but anyway the uh i was talking with her and i've been talking with my kids a lot about this specific i always talk about this but even more so lately is is failure how it's such it's really a positive thing and then i heard uh you know i was watching a gary vaynerchuk um video the other day and just this past week and he actually said something i thought you know that probably even makes better sense is he, he says there's like micro failure and macro failure, you know, so macro failure is like, you know, you lose everything, everything, you know, uh, micro failure is you, you fucked up on this thing or, you know, you, you tried to start this thing and it didn't go through, or you, you know, whatever. So maybe Mac, you know, if I wanted to say micro failures instead of just failure in general, but I think failure is such a great thing because in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I'm pushing forward, with the proper mentality and the proper work ethic and the willingness to, you know, learn as I go and learn from my, from my mistakes. Well, if I'm right here today, and then for those of you listening to audio, I'm using my hands and saying, if I'm right here and I'm putting my hand over here and then I want to get to this spot over here where my other hand is. Well, I've, if I'm going to get to that, you know, pinnacle, if you will, I've, there's just a set number, you know, like history's kind of already happened, right? You know, in, in a sense. So it's like, there's a set number of mistakes or failures I'm going to have. I just kind of want to get them out of the way real quick. You know what I mean? It's like, if, if there's a thousand failures between where I'm at right now and this thing I want to achieve, I'm like, well, let's get all thousand out on day one, if I can, you know, and then, and then keep pursuing it. Yeah. So when I see failure, when I, when I make a mistake, when I hire a bad employee, you know, and, and, you know, I had a guy qu- rage quit on me, you know, some months ago, you know, when I make a bad hire, I, okay, that was a failure. That was all my fault. And I, I've reflected on, you know, the recruiting process and a couple of things I overlooked in that and so on and so forth. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to make that mistake again. So I didn't fail because I had a dude, you know, do his, do this thing and left me high and dry a little bit. I won because now for the next, you know, 40 years or however long I'm hiring people, I'm not going to be hiring people like that anymore because at least not with that same mistake because because I, I learned from the failure. So I, I completely agree with you. I think failure is looked at in such a negative way. But to me, it's just like every time I fail, I know I'm closer to where I want to be. So 
I really like that, you know, and it's, I re- also really like that you said, you know, that that bad hire was your fault, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you take ownership of that, you know, something I learned from, uh, I think it was Joe Kowalski said in a, a conference one time, yep. like, quit wondering whether it's your fault because it fucking is. It just is. <laughs> and it was like, dude, you made so much sense. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, you know, that's like, you know, the, the, probably the person that's most famous for accountability talk right now is Jocko. You know, the, the yeah. old Navy SEAL guy. And, um, but, you know, they all talk about it where, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. It was Tony Robbins or Gary Vaynerchuk or, or Joe, Joe Kowalski, you know, and that guy is super sharp too, super smart. Joe is. But, um, you know, th- that was another conversation I had with my new admin yesterday. Now, because the fact is some things really aren't your fault technically. But, well, there's things you can't avoid. Yeah. But if I have the mentality that it's my fault, whether it really is or not, if I just approach everything like it's my fault, like I heard Gary V one time say, guys, if I get hit by a bus when I, you know, go out here and cross the street, I'm going to say, well, damn, if I would have just left the house 10 minutes later, I wouldn't have been hit by the bus. It's my fault, you know. But when I look at everything like it's my fault, what that does now is make me the guy that can fix everything because if it's my fault then it's my responsibility to handle it and ultimately results are all that matter right the fault is irrelevant the results so like i was talking to my admin and um like all day on our first day i basically had well i got them written up here i said i had four things i wanted her to be able to do by the end of the day which was answer the phone schedule sales appointments know how to work our dashboard and we have this other form that the techs fill out. She needed to understand that. That was all I wanted to get done. And then the rest of the day, we were kind of talking about our company philosophy and stuff like that. And um, we were talking about this, and I, and I gave, gave her an example. But I said, when you're talking with a customer, unless it just doesn't make logical sense, always take the blame. Now, internally, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to Jessica, my admin. I said, internally, Jessica, you're not getting the blame. It's not, you know, I mean... You know, if, even if you messed up, you know, hey, you messed up. Here's your slap on the wrist. We'll move on and, and figure figure out how to do it next time. But, you know, if a technician doesn't do something and they didn't because the sales rep didn't put the note on the job, don't don't tell the customer, well, the sales rep didn't do this. Say, Mr. Jones, I am so sorry. I didn't make sure that note was on there. Now, that Mr. Jones might get mad at you, but the odds are the second you start taking accountability for their pain well now they now they want to work with you because they're like oh shoot this isn't a company that screwed up this girl that's in this office is saying wow i messed up but i'm here to take care of it so that that mentality of everything's my fault for me has been such a healthy thing because you would think it would like beat you down but it doesn't beat me down because if it's my fault then that means i have the ability to fix it so i know i'm being just a broken record but but that's good stuff. Well, and it, it's also, it's it's focusing on a solution instead of focusing on a problem. Like, yeah, you need to acknowledge the problem before mm. you can find the solution. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's my fault. Now it opens you up to find that solution. Okay, we didn't write the thing down on the on the piece of paper or the work order. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can fix that now. But if it's, well, I didn't do that. It, it just. Yeah. Well, so if, if I can rant for a second, and I bet you anyone that's listening right now is not like this because I I'm probably, I'm pretty abrasive towards people that are bitches and, and are, you know, a bitch is just another word for victim at the end of the day. But, um, 
the uh, it's like people that there's this meme now. If you've posted this, Nate, I'm sorry. Just don't admit to it right now, okay? <laughs> Just don't admit to it, so I don't look like a total jerk. But there's this meme, like there's an old old one that we've seen before, and it's like it's a bunch of people pulling a rope and pulling a chair, and there's a guy sitting on the chair, and it says boss pointing at the guy in the chair and then workers pointing at the people pulling the rope. And then the next image shows no one sitting in the chair, workers pulling it. And then a guy in front that was in the chair and now it's points at him and says leader. And then when you go to the third one, the new thing coming out is the leader is down there pulling the chair and all the employees are sitting on the chair and it says anybody born after 1990 or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And the thing that, that always drives me nuts on that is that I'm like, that's the biggest victim mentality I've ever seen. You know, these big, tough, badass business owners that want to, you know, talk about how amazing they are and they're taking life by the horns and all they want to do is cry and moan and groan about how hard it is to get good people. Well, newsflash, getting good people is the hardest freaking thing about running a business. And, it, and that was the case 100 years ago, too. So it's not about a new generation. It's not about millennials. It's about your lack of ability to recruit and lead. That's what, what it comes down to. And millennials don't suck. Young people suck. Young pe I, I was a jackass when I was 21 or 25 too. You know what I mean? It's, it's not a, a millennial thing. It's a, it's a, it's an age thing, but so God, I don't even remember why we're just talking about things being your fault is like, you know, when I see that, I'm like, okay, this person's going to have a lot of recruiting problems like their whole stinking life because they're looking at their employee issues as it's everyone else. Woe is me. I'm the only person committed. This should probably be a Mind Dump Monday episode and not something I have a guess as I'm ranting here. But, yeah. uh, but you know, it's woe is me. Um, there's no one out there willing to do it. And I'm thinking, no, there's a lot of big-ass companies in the world. They're all finding people. You're the prop. You're the the common denominator here. You're the problem. So, yeah, you know. And as far as like the millennial generation and them as employees, like I've got a kid that's 20 years old. Uh, I'm building a brand new truck right now, or my mechanic is out in the shop. Mm -hmm. uh, he's getting a brand new truck. Yeah. He and he's getting it because he's earned it. He's getting it because you know he's the, one of the most dedicated employees we have. At 20 years old, he's you know he just goes out there, gets it done, never talks back, and so that takes the entire well millennials suck argument out because here's a an amazing one right here i just got to find more amazing ones exactly it's yeah it's not the entire and let's be honest by like a year or two i'm technically a millennial so i was gonna uh, say i'm i'm the cutoff of i'm i'm the coolest generation that ever existed generation x baby um coolest name at least for sure but um i, I just feel like an x-men you know like mutant powers and all that stuff but the <laughs> that part <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, essentially I'm a millennial, you know, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, not to get too sidetracked on that, but you know, there's a science behind recruiting and hiring and there's a science behind leading, which is probably even the bigger part because mm -hmm. someone that would, that would be a good, not great, but someone that would be a good employee can easily be a bad one with bad company culture and bad leadership. And your company culture isn't what you say it is. And it, your company culture isn't what you want it to be. It's what you've actually made it. And if, you know, a just an average or just a good employee comes in, 
but you don't have the proper leadership, you know, processes and standards and, and systems in place, you're going to basically convert them to a below average employee. And those things, and I mean, I'm not talking about like phenomenal things where, you know, you're just giving them warm fuzzies all the time. But like, if you're the guy that says, well, I don't need to, you know, write people up, I'll just put a boot in their ass. Okay, well, there's a reason that you keep needing new employees. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a reason these write up processes are in place across the world, because they work and they're fair and they let people you're, you're properly communicating with them. And the fact is, you don't think that you don't need to do that. You're just too chicken shit to do it because you don't want to be the bad guy. You know, that my, your, your mileage may vary. I'm painting with a broad brush. So, you know, that is what it is. But, uh, well, I'm feeling a little salty today. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I, Long customer interview this morning. Or yeah, I did. that was actually a good good conversation believe it or not it was just a long one that guy who talked forever but um but anyway so sorry nate i'm hijacking your episode here so um so you're looking at <laughs> so let's get back to this we're looking at um a, a second and potentially third location for you um you've sounds like you've just had the typical run for someone that's had success you know i'm on, i'm looking on the outside in and say you're a successful dude are you where you want to be Probably not yet, but you're, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're pretty happy with who you are and who you're becoming during the process. Is that fair? Oh, I'm very happy with who I am, and I'm very happy with where our company's going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're not where we want to be, but that you never get to where you want to be. You know, you start with a goal, you know, mm-hmm. like I want to do $100,000 a year in revenue. Well, you get there and you've already built a new goal. You want to do 250 or yeah. 500 or, or a million, you know, um, and you just want to keep going. So, it's the process, you know, and I'm not a perfect person by any means. I'm, I'm vulgar. Sometimes I get irate. They used to call me Nazi Nate. So I have improved a lot, (laughs) Um, you know, because I figured the employee thing out a lot better. I don't have it solved. Mm -hmm. um, But, you know, at one point in time, you know, we had 30 extra W2s in a year, you know, Uh, for this year, I think we're going to have three extras. You know, but, but we're improving, you know, and until we can get to perfect, which we never will, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, I'm happy so long as we're improving. So as long as we're growing. So first off, that's awesome. And and going from 30 to three, I'm going to, I'm going to say that's about as freaking good as it can get on the, uh, the employee side of things. But the, um, what would you say, you know, through the ups, through the downs, get into where you've got today? What attributes or what strengths that you have have been big contributors to that? And don't you know, be I'd don't like, be humble. Just just. Yeah, be well, I'd like fact. to tell you it's the production side, and it's like just tell. I'd like to tell you it's all the details that I see, but it's realistically that I learned that my business isn't about the service we offer or the thing we do or the widget. It's about the staff. So as long as I can keep my team in the right mindset and be there for them, so you know, one of the things we've done is like I check in with my guys every day. Um, you know, now we work, my first crew goes out at like four 35 o'clock in the morning. Um, and my last crew gets back like nine or 10 o'clock at night. I obviously can't be here the entire time, mm-hmm. but so I check in with them all for two minutes. Now, all right, let's say Bobby, you work for me and you know, you're a crew leader, you're coming back for the day. Uh, how'd you day? Oh, it was good. Everything got done. But then I still encourage like, how's your family, Bobby? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how's uh, Jessica doing? How's, how's uh, your daughter, you know, Chrissy at, you know, is, how'd that ballet go? And if I can just check into my guys a little bit, you know, they, they take care of the business. They like, they just, they do the thing. And, and it, it, if I put less priority on the thing and more priority on the people doing it, 
Um, that's what seemed to work for us. Nice. Uh, you know, it, Robbie, for example, I've got this young uh, technician. Uh, he had mentioned he wants to use his year end bonus for, for tires on his truck. Um, well, and he's a young kid, you know, he's got an old beater truck. So he, he mentioned, I'm like, that's a great use of your bonus. I walked outside that day and I looked at his car or his truck and he's got like super slicks. They're so like worn out. Now remember, we're <laughs> they're not supposed Nick. to be slicks, right? These... Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I can't have this. So I bought him a set of tires. Yeah. I literally, I had him, I'm like, Hey dude, I need you to pick up a set of tires for me at this place. I can't do it for whatever reason. I need the, the, the tailgate of your truck or the bed of your truck to do it. And he, he shows up and he's like, Oh yeah, pull it in. We're going to put four tires on it. And he's just like dumbfounded. Like that guy is going to be amazing for our company. Yeah. And he's screwed up plenty of times over the year. He's worked with us for like three years now. Mm-hmm. He's made his mistakes, but you know, we still love him and encourage him and, and, and try and build him up as a person and take care of him when we can. So, so if I wanted to sum up a strength you're saying, you would say a strength you have is um, leadership slash culture. If you want to call it that, I, I feel like I, if you, you call it culture, I feel like, man, we got so far to go. Like we can still build well, this sure you do, but way better, but uh, and maybe there's, that not, is a, being there's not a lot of bosses that buy their employees a set of tires though. You know, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty neat thing. Okay, I want him to come to work and get here. So, <laughs> no, I mean, that really wasn't it. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you could say that. And maybe I am being humble, which you told me not to do. Yeah. But well, it, we don't, we have a, for some reason we have this natural tendency that we don't want to like toot our own horn. But um, but sometimes it's just you know just like with uh, you know you've got an attitude of everything's your fault. Well, you need to have the same attitude when things are going good too. You know, so if it's your fault when it went bad, it was your fault when it went good. Now publicly amongst your team you're gonna share the you, you know you're gonna throw it on them and say hey you guys did this but the fact is it happened under your leadership see i to me as a leader i feel like i need to take the blame and pass the credit yeah no that's what i'm saying publicly you know, absolutely yeah um, but between you and me we the, the leadership is happening you and me and your ten thousand listeners yeah the the, yeah. the the but the fact is that there's other there's other fleet washing companies that don't have that culture. Oh, absolutely. And it's because they don't have the same leader, you know? So I I think that's cool. Um, What's uh, let's flip that question. What are some of your bigger weaknesses that you've really had to fight through change? Correct. You know? Oh, it's uh, all in my head. Like it's, uh, that's the big hands down the biggest one. Um, You know, I I've been a micromanager like for the first majority of my business. And even still to this day, I, I do certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a project going on on Monday. We're going into a quarry, uh, which they have their own, like you've heard of OSHA. Mm-hmm. There's mining OSHA, which is like OSHA on steroids, like ridiculous. And so I just started jumping in. This job came in today. We got to get it done on Monday. I'm just jumping in trying. And I'm like, I have a project manager. Why am I doing this? Like I need to let go and, yeah. and trust the people that we hire. And so I still do that too much for sure. So, you know, it's funny. And this, I actually, I'm like the exact opposite as you. And it's also a weakness for me. Like my opposite answer, which okay. is I, um, I think I'm pretty good at delegating and probably do it too much. You know, and, well, I don't think I do it too much, probably do it too early because I don't think I'm lazy, to be honest with you. I'm a hard worker, but I I really don't like work. You know what I mean? I really don't yeah. enjoy it. I would rather be sitting at the cigar bar over here, you know, reading through a course or a book or at Disney Springs or at, at Universal Studios. I'd rather be doing something like that. 
So I tend to um, tend to you know delegate, uh, which is a good thing, but probably too soon sometimes. You know, so so we're yeah, yeah it is what it is. Yeah. So I've been training myself. I've been I'll give my operations manager a task or like a weekend or something that he's got to do. And I literally walk away. Like I've got property where my phone doesn't work Mm -hmm. and I have to leave. So I don't know (laughs) how it's going or where progress is at. And, um, which is good for me too, because I get the downtime then, but, but it's, yeah, that's cool. So, uh, does that, so that weakness that you're talking about, does that, um, is that making it more difficult? I'm not saying it's keeping you from achieving, achieving, your why, but I'm assuming, and it is an assumption that one of your whys is building a business that doesn't need your involvement, you know, on a day-to-day basis, probably. Right. Yeah. My current target is to replace my, my personal self in every possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they say to, to gauge the success of a business, you know, the business owner, if they can walk away for a month and things are still there, you know, you're doing good. Well, I can walk away for a month, but the problem is, is that I spent two weeks preparing to leave and two weeks catching up after I left. Mm-hmm. So everything would go on. The wheels would still be on. The house would be on fire more than likely, but it still relies too much on me. So, yeah. um, you know, and it's like the reason I left the lawn care company, you know, when, when I started this business, I was out of opportunity. So one of my big drivers right now is to maintain a growth rate where there's always opportunity uh, for people to grow. Cause I, in my mind, I was a really good employee for that company. I mean, they replaced me with two people mm-hmm. uh, to do what just I was doing. I don't want people to leave because they don't have opportunity. Agreed. Um, that's that's you know, and- a big concern for me as well is being able to, you know, not this is going to come out the wrong way, but have that carrot out there that keeps motivating them, where, you know, that they can achieve something else type of thing. So. Yeah, not just a care, but a vision. Yeah, yeah, that's why I say that. That was the wrong analogy, but better word for that. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. So, um, if you could go back in time, you know, eleven years ago, and uh, you could wave a magic wand and remove up to two decisions that you made in the business. You know, I, I could go back and change two things I did or, or just one, whatever. I'm just saying I'll, I'll let you pick up to two. Uh, what do you think you would change that would may have the biggest positive impacts on you today? Definitely my weakness is being, you know, too involved with every step. You know, I'd hire people faster, sooner and let them do what they're supposed to do. Um, you know, and it even goes to like in my world, like uh, two step wands are, are a big thing, um, which doesn't mean anything to your listeners, but you know, they're expensive, they're priced, you know, they're two grand a piece, you know, for the power wash one, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'd have made that decision a lot sooner to buy that um, where I see, I get questioned a lot, like, well, how come just give me the the blueprint and I'll build it. Yeah, I probably could. And they could, they'll save a couple hundred bucks, you know, but not being so much of a do it yourself or just yeah. buy it. It's done. It works. And I can make money tomorrow versus, exactly. well, let me figure this out for the next three weeks by scouring YouTube and Facebook and whatever ancient bulletin boards still exist that have their information on it. And then buy all the wrong parts. And, you know, well, you know, the stainless pieces is, is too pricey. So I'm going to go with brass, which then you find out that brass corrodes and, and yeah. it rots away with the chemicals and just buy what works and just be done with it. You know, execute your decision and, and go. Wow. Okay. I love that. Um, so one of my, we'll call it a pet peeve, I guess. Um, 
from my experience with Journey of a New Entrepreneur is, you know, I'll have people that'll reach out and, you know, they'll ask for advice or help or whatever. And <clears throat> that's not the pet peeve. But when I engage with these people, whether it's in the conversation and them basically arguing with me that I'm wrong or just me observing them online after the fact is like the, the tinkerer, the guy that's always working on his equipment. I made a post the other day online and uh, I, I said, uh, if we saw half as many people just talking, not even doing it, <laughs> just talking about marketing as we saw people talking about, you know, equipment, we'd, we'd see 10 times as many successful people. And the, uh, and, and then I went on to say, I said, I've got, uh, I've got four, I've got four trucks and a, and a trailer. I said, I've got five setups. And a lot of you that have one spend 10 times as much time working on your one than we spend working on our five. Yet my dashboard's full. My revenue, you know, is, is high and you're the one wondering why, uh, the cheap guys are ruining the industry. Well, I work in the same industry. So what you, you tell me, what's the difference here? You know, but I, again, so agree with you. Um, sometimes, you know, I, I think people that want to like maybe make their own thing to save some time, not, not in every instance, but in a lot of them, I think those are people that don't, they haven't realized how valuable their time is and what they could be doing. And they're probably people that, are not focused on sales and marketing because if you can spend that same amount of time in sales and marketing as you did making that wand, you'll make a lot more money than the thousand bucks you may have saved. Oh, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of people that think they're building a better wheel when in fact they're reinventing the current wheel. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got nothing. I, I'm a tinker. You know, when I go home, I like to tinker yeah. around with you know, stuff. Um, and that there's nothing wrong with that, but it's, I'm trying to make something better. I'm not trying to make the same thing that already exists. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So um, if you're a betting man, yeah, I think you said next year was the goal. When When's this first new location going to be popping up for you? March. It's already done. It, oh. I mean, we've already, I mean, we're, we're, we see with Corona, we had the plan. We, we already made this plan in, in 2019 mm -hmm. and Corona had, and it didn't change the plan. It just delayed the plan. So everything, We've got it all figured out. We've got a whole list of, you know, when we do this, we need to have this asset, this asset, this asset. Um, I just got done telling you we're building a brand new truck right now. Mm -hmm. That goes along with that plan that we're going to need a really reliable truck instead of a 20-year-old one yeah. uh, to go down there. So that truck's going to be there. Um, we know we need this bulk chemistry. We know we need this high low. We know we need this tool. We know we know we need to hire exactly four staff to put them there like on day one. Awesome. Uh, you know, it's, it's all done. It's just a matter of get to that um trigger point which is spring you know when, mm -hmm. once the snow starts melting and you get to that trigger point and we're running full bore good for you man good for you and then um do you have any other business ventures that you're wanting to start or is this your your baby that you're sticking with for a while no i you know i, I don't you know i don't i'm not the guy that wants to diversify i mean this mm -hmm. is it's it's the same reason why I, I scaled into just fleet instead of doing all the other services um you know i can I, I can run a fleet washing business like the back of my hand. I've done it for 10 years. Uh, why would I want to go figure it out in soft washing and figure <laughs> out how to deal with, you know, granny Smith and, and whatever old ladies buying a house wash and figure out, you know, how to keep that funnel full. You know, that's yeah. the great, 
go with what I know. Like it's, it's working now, if it weren't working, if I were struggling and you know, it just didn't work and we're not profitable. Yeah. I might be looking at other vendors, but what we're doing is working. What we're doing can still get better. Like maximize it. I like that. You know, uh, I've been thinking about, you know, that kind of uh, philosophy or topic for, for a few weeks here because uh, my son Caleb and I are talking about uh, starting another business next year. Now, if we did that, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't be real involved in it. I'd be more of the silent partner continuing to run uh, our current one. But, uh, but as I've been thinking about it and then observing other people and stuff, and we still may do it. I don't know. We haven't made our decision yet. But I think I see a lot of guys, and I'm reminded, you know who Chris Lambrinides is? Yeah. Okay, so Chris was a very successful guy um, in the window cleaning side of things. He now has a owns window cleaning resource and half of the huge convention and all that. And I heard him say this one time as well, but he said the, the biggest mistake he sees most new entrepreneurs make is after they've had a business for a short period of time, you know, a couple years, three years or so, and they've had some success, they go and open something else because they think, well, I figured it out. And then both businesses kind of implode because they're not able to keep them both going. And well, what do they say, you know, nail it, then scale it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I'd rather do one nail than 12. Exactly. Well, and, and that's why I've been looking internally too, you know, like with our thoughts of starting another business and I'm like, Hmm, you know, what, what do we want to do? Because I think what happens there's, there's always these, like, we always reach like these, probably a better analogy than a plateau would be a ceiling. And there's certain ceilings that we hit that, and they probably never end as we're scaling our companies, which like the very beginning is the easiest. Now it's some of the harder work, but it's the easiest, right? It's just, it's pretty much time and effort. You know, you're getting in front of enough people, you know, cleaning the thing is easy. We just got to pick up customers. So like to keep you or you and a helper busy, pretty stinking easy. But then when you're ready to like get yourself, you know, quote unquote off the truck, that's like probably the first ceiling that's kind of difficult to punch through. And then once you punch through that one, then there's going to be another one. It's like, okay, well now I have a couple of employees, but now I need maybe a supervisor. And it's like, well, shoot, that's going to take all this expense. And that person's not going to add a lot of revenue. So th there's another ceiling we've got to try to punch through. And probably around that second or third ceiling, I think is when a lot of people, now this is just my like anecdotal observation here. And I think I might be one of these people that I'm observing is you want to start another business because things are really, you know, it's like where I'm at in my business right now, we're kind of cruising, but to get to that next level, I know I've got like some extreme effort and energy I'm going to have to put in, but to go start something else, kind of easy at this point. That sounds, you know, the old days sound so easy compared to the current, you know? So I think that's why probably a lot of people want to do it is, um, we, we maybe hit our natural ceiling and, yeah. and then instead of overcoming our, our weaknesses and needing to improve on ourselves, it's like, well, instead of doing this personal growth, I can just do what I'm already good at and repeat it again. But then we'll probably have the exact same problems when the time comes, you know, but go back to our earlier conversation and, you know, talking about failure, you want to get through that as fast as possible. Yeah. Maybe interchange that word ceiling for struggle or failure mm -hmm. for struggle. I want to get through that struggle as fast as possible yeah. is the way I, it. so 
So instead of wanting to run away and go start a mm-hmm. different venture, I just want to get through this struggle, you know, finding the offsite manager or finding the offsite, uh, you know, quality control or the real estate or the whatever. Let's yeah. get that over with, yeah. you know? So I look at it as the same thing is challenge or struggle or, or failure either way. Good. I love it. I love it. So Nate, I'm going to ask you a question that I know you're already prepared for. Are, are, are you, am I right? Cause you told me. You... I, I've been thinking about it for a couple of days. I, mean, like, <laughs> I know what you're going to ask. So I, uh, I reached out to Nate eh, probably two, three days ago. I don't know. It was one day this past week. And that's when I was like, Hey, my buddy, Mike said that, that you need to be on this show. And, um, so you, you, you messaged back like the next day and you're like, I've actually listened to the podcast before I like it. And now I'm going to have to binge it so I can see what everyone else says about this question. So I have a good answer for, for when you ask me. So, so let me just ask it Well, I'll just get right into it. Nate, you have to fight to the death, either one horse sized duck. Just remember it's essentially a dragon with feathers. Okay. They're terrifying beasts or 1000 duck sized horses to the death, no weapons, just your fist, your elbows, your knees, your, your feet. That's all you got. What say you? All right. So we're getting along really well. So I hope we can still be friends. I know your answer. <laughs> so I'm going to fight the super duck. Oh, my and God. I know, I know, I know. Uh, I can only focus on one area. It, again, I scaled my business down because I couldn't focus on decks and houses and trucks all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I focused on the big monster of trucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's really where it's at is I can't focus in a thousand different places. I just, I don't know how I'd beat it. It doesn't matter. I'm an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. are you. So like Bobby, let's say, okay, you're going to, you want to make it a hundred million dollar business TRT there, right? Yeah. You don't have any idea how you're going to do it. I have no idea how I'm going to beat the duck, but that's your job is to do that. So, so your answer to me, to beat the duck, I'm going to beat the duck. Your answer is you're going to fight a feathered dragon. That's, that's what yeah, you do. I'm, I'm disappointed, bro. I'm so disappointed. Oh my God. But you knew my disappointment would be there. And yes, we can still be friends, but here's the, what scares the crap out of me is if, if, you know, the apocalypse happens and, across the country, you know, all of my podcast guests start getting locked into Thunderdomes and they have to choose to fight, you know, these ducks or the, you know, the big duck or the little horses. I know none of you guys are going to make it and I'm going to be the lone survivor. So, um, I don't know. Let me put a different perspective on you, on it for you. So you've got a new office admin and she learned four new things, right? Mm-hmm. She can answer the phone. She can do the, the, the response a bit and you've got technicians and they can wash the house and they can hook up the hose. And you've probably got somebody that dumps the trash in the warehouse mm. and you've got Caleb that goes and does the sales or you've got you. That's the grand CEO visionary. So would you rather be the grand CEO visionary or would you rather do all those jobs? Oh, I'd rather be all the CEO, but I don't, that one big thing. but I don't want to try to kill the CEO though. You know, <laughs> It's still the job. The job is to kill the big duck or kill the, yeah. the, the little horses. You, you've so. got a good point. You're just wrong on this duck thing. I'm sorry, man. I just I got to be true to myself and and true to reality here. So, but I um I can still respect you. I just can't respect this opinion of yours. So. I will say I've thought about it. I told you a thousand ways: forwards, backwards, sideways, left and right. How do you eat an elephant? Is one bite at a time. So you've got me there. Exactly right. Because that's the I get thing. that. 
I get that. I, I did make it a point to see your perspective of it. So, and I, so I, let's keep talking about this for a second. So just go with me here. All right. Let's forget our sides and just kind of, you know, just talk about this. If there was one duck sized horse mm-hmm. on a scale of one to 10, if that duck sized horse had a motive to kill you, on a scale of one to 10, how fearful would you be of him hurting you? Oh, 10. A, a duck sized horse? I'm asking, like, 10 would be, you'd be terrified oh, okay. that the little horse would actually be able to hurt you. Maybe a two. Okay. Which I think is a bit high, you know, because like, what if I replace it with Chihuahua? What if I said there's a Chihuahua that wants to kill you? Maybe a two. Yeah, maybe. And and, and that's probably extreme, right? So, yeah. so here's the thing. What if it's five Chihuahuas? Yeah, you're still around a two probably. Two at the most, yeah. Because the, the fact is they don't know how to, they, they're not like Voltron. It's not going to be a bunch of little duck-sized horses that, combine like you know or, or or like like power rangers and they make this Transformers. big yeah they're not going to turn into this big giant you know robotic you know horse so i'm thinking well if one horse can't hurt me one little one because their mouths are gonna be so small they can't even they're not even gonna be able to like bite us you know what i mean i'll wear cowboy boots and i'll be protected from their bites so they can't well, bite so we me. can have armor but not weapons well not armor i'm just saying you know cowboy boots are just shoes i don't know i'm from oklahoma i'm i'm sure i've owned a pair one time in my life so so they can't bite me they can't hurt me well a thousand of them that doesn't act they're not going to world war z me they're not going to be like the zombies that climb up on each other and get to my eyeballs or anything so they can't hurt me. I just, you know, I'll take a break. I'll step on a hundred of them, kill them, take a little breather, step on a hundred more, take a breather, you know, maybe step on 20, take a breather. You know, eventually I'm going to eat that elephant one bite at a time, take care of them. But this, this dragon that all you guys think you can take care of, I just think you're too impressed with your fighting skills because I think this, this horse-sized duck is just going to wipe you out in like three seconds. Here's where you have a chance, though, is that a duck is good in the air mm-hmm. or it's good in the water. But we're on land. What if you're next to a pond and he bites you and drags you in the water? Well, then I'm done for. But at least I'm done in one bite instead of being nibbled to death like <laughs> the elephant. Yeah, if you fall down around the thousand duck-sized horses, you're probably in a world of hurt. Like That'll be like Gulliver's Travels kind of, you know, kind of thing for the old people out there. But... All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Nate, uh, everyone listening, you know, they, you, you've got a cool story. It's, it's always fun to, to talk to successful entrepreneurs that are doing the things that I want to do. Um, and, and I can speak for the listeners. I know they feel the same. Uh, if you had advice, um, for, you know, let's say the newer guy, you know, he's maybe he hasn't started yet. Maybe he has, but he's still on the truck but he has dreams to build, build something similar to what you have. What advice would you give him? You know, I think it's a mindset. And I think, um, I think more people are afraid of success than they are afraid of failure, Hmm. you know, because you're a business owner. So what are the odds of being a successful business owner? Like 3%? Yeah, not much. It's, it's minimal. So, people confuse that and they think they're afraid of failure, but really I think they're afraid of success um, and they get in their own way. Um, what do you mean they, by that? 
afraid of success? You know, why didn't you make that phone call? What's the worst that can happen or that prospecting call? Why didn't you get like your thing? Uh, uh, what is it? Janie bid, uh, the response bid. Yeah. Like, like there's a 10 to one guarantee. Why don't you just get it? You're guaranteed to win with that, but people still don't. Yeah. Um, and I don't know anything about responsibility. We don't necessarily use it, but, yeah. um, but I think people are actually afraid of winning. You know, we're, we're taught, you know, from a young age, you know, you get this job and you stay there all your life and you're supposed to make, you know, depending on, on the way you were, were raised, you're supposed to make, you know, $50,000 a year, a hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, if you're successful, you're going to make $200,000 a year or whatever the number may be. The mm. number can be whatever it is for everybody. But um, I think people get to that level and then they don't go beyond it because that's more successful than they intended. Nice. Good but I, I really do believe more people are afraid of success than they are of failure. So what, what do you say to that person? Just do it. I mean, it, there's really nothing you can say. I mean, yeah. it's, they're in their own way. And until they get out of their own way, it, it is what it is. You know, I'm not going to change, you know, I, I don't know what level you want. Like, let's say you want a $10, $10 million business, Bobby. I don't know. or not, I don't know that, but until you commit to $10 million in gross revenue, I can't help you get there. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say, dude, Bobby, you're like, like, I'm sure Mike, you know, Delkey, mm-hmm. uh, he'd be like, Bobby, you should be a $10 million business. And it's up to you to really believe that or not. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's uh, good stuff. Mike's not going to change it. You know, and, and I actually, I think I agree with you. Um, it's not the only thing that's important, but I think probably the most important um, component, key, piece, whatever you want to call it, um, for us achieving our goals is what you just said, which is the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Because now... This wouldn't apply if you're trying to build rocket ships. You know, it wouldn't apply in certain certain situations. But for the most part, if you have the right mentality, the, figuring out the thing is easy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have the right mentality, learning how to recruit well and lead well, relatively easy. And a part of that mentality needs to be humility and willingness to change when you see you're wrong. You know, and, and then another part of your mentality needs to be a willingness to read a book on proper leadership, you know, and then, then you just implement, you know, stuff. Right. Um, so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly uh, where I think the mentality is not the only thing, but it's probably a component that you can't, you probably can't win without that. But if you have the right mentality, you can win without the right skills because you can delegate, you can find the who, not the how, you know, things like that. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. So, um, Nate, do you have, I, we, I don't even know this. We haven't talked, so I don't know. Um, do you want people? Is there a reason for people to reach out to you? Do you have like resources or anything out there? I don't even know if you got a YouTube channel or, or anything like that. No, I, yeah, Mike makes fun of me because like I've spent like no dollars in marketing the last 10 years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have no YouTube. Ch- I don't mind people reaching out. You know, I've got a knowledge base. And if I can help somebody and, and give them value, I'm glad to share that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that I believe in life is that you need to pay it forward. Any success you have, you need to pay forward. So um, yeah, just reach out to me on Facebook or whatever. Um, You know, Eric Trice and I started uh, the fleet wash Academy a number of years ago. So if you specifically want like the tactical stuff about that um, you know, we've got a Facebook page. We put on some events and stuff every uh, once in a while. Oh really? And what's that called again? Fleet wash Academy. Fleet wash Academy. Yeah. It's really simple. Cool. And there's a Facebook group that they can go to. And that's mostly what it is. It's, 
Eric's probably got a grander vision for it than I do, but um, you know, just a community and a resource for, um, you know, washing trucks, you know, somebody posts a house wash question, you know, they usually get kicked out of the group. So um, <laughs> like, like you got 10 pages for that. Go do that mm, somewhere else. Yep. So love it. Um, All right. Yeah. So guys so, go find fleet wash Academy out there uh, on Facebook, join that group. And hopefully Nate will approve you and not, not kick you out. Don't ask house washing questions. I actually do the same thing in the no bitch zone Facebook group. Um, any technical questions, you know, that, that don't relate to sales, marketing, leadership, stuff like that. Uh, you, the person doesn't get kicked out, but we delete the comment for that same reason is you can, there's a lot of places that offer that. I have no desire to be the guy that I don't want to be that guy, you know, that can't answer all those questions. And, and we want to focus on what I view as the important stuff. Um, and we'll let someone else handle, you know, handle the necessary evils over there. So, um, so Nate, listen, bro, this has been fun. Don't, don't log off yet. I'm, I'm going to sign off here in just a second, but I want to chat with you for a minute before we get off here. But, um, but I really, really appreciate you, uh, hopping on the show, especially when it was, you know, a third party connected us. So thank you for the trust and, and all that. Good I think stuff. it's great. I think you're, uh, it was really nice to meet you. I think you're a guy I'd buy a beer at the, at the next conference I see you at. And I'm, I, I'm humbled to be here and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I can We'll, we'll make it two beers and I'll take you up on the offer. Um, <laughs> or okay. I'll buy you one. Maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll do that, but we'll, the beer will be involved. Um, but Hey, I'll tell you what, you live in Orlando. Uh, Florida is nice in the winter. I'll bring you a case and I'll hang out on your porch for a couple hours. Dude, like let's do it. That's even better. I love it. I love it. So Nate, thank you so much. Everybody. Thank you for listening guys. If you want to know more about the stuff that I do, you can go to no bitchzone.com that site eventually is going to be upgraded i've got some plans it looks like something i created right now because i did so deal with it but you can go in there and find my podcast my youtube and and every other thing i'm doing my new entrepreneur's toolkit is on there and uh events are coming up i'm, I'm going to be a part of the uh service monster uh i think he's called the symposium i think is what he's calling it it's an online uh like conference type of thing i get the opportunity to speak there in um january i am going to be speaking and emceeing at responsicon at the end of january which is a very powerful event um just fyi even if you don't want responsive bid responsicon is a sales and marketing conference that uh you don't need responsive bid to, to benefit from that i'm also a part of the pw uh pwmca uh event in myrtle beach at the beginning of February, I'm the MC there. I'm probably going to, I'm assuming I'll be speaking on a breakout session. And then um, I've got, uh, there's going to be the first official JNE event. The first official JNE event. Uh, Jason Guyman is going to be uh, working with me on that and some other cool uh, surprise guests. And that's going to be at the end of February or the beginning of March. I don't have that locked down. So for those of you that keep asking where I'm going to be, those are things that I'm doing here in the near future because that is not very far away. And uh, remember, guys, if you're not doing the things that you want to be doing in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.